Well, hello there. This is Kim Constable coming to you from the Strong and Sculpted podcast. The podcast by me, of course, Kim Constable, also known as the Sculpted Vegan, about all things strong and all things sculpted. Very excited there today, Kim. Uh, What are we going to talk about this week? This week, we are going to talk about time management. Now, before you switch off and go, oh, time management, really, Kim? That's what we're going to talk about. Well, you know me. I'm going to make it quite interesting for you. I'm going to talk a little bit about how I learned to manage my time to fit it all in. Because as you know, I have an incredibly busy life. You guys do as well. I know you have a very busy life. But the mark of a great person is someone who is able to achieve incredible incredible things despite a really, really busy life. So that is what I am going to teach you today in today's podcast. But before we get started, um, I would like to remind you that this month, um, well, actually, we're just about to announce the uh, giveaway that we do every single month for one of our Sculpted Vegan programs. Um, I cannot announce the giveaway because I'm recording this podcast at the end of August, even though it's going to go out at the start of September. But I promise you that next week I will have the name of the person who has won a Sculpted Vegan program this month. And what did they do to win a Sculpted Vegan program? They simply left me a review and then sent me a screenshot of the review on Instagram. And my beautiful assistant, Christina, chose one lucky person to win a Sculpted Vegan program. And that program could be the 18-month Sculpt and Shred. It could be the Butt Camp program. Don't forget, guys, we have a brand new, I was going to say $10,000, but it's actually $16,000. That's what the prize fund is, $16,000 prize fund Butt Camp Challenge challenge starting Monday, the 7th of September. If you are listening to this before Monday, the 7th of September, 2020, it is not too late to join. You could be in with the chance of not only transforming your physique and growing a juicy set of glutes, but you could also win $10,000. Now, let's just stop for a second and think about what you could do with $10,000. Dollars, ten thousand dollars. Like you know, five thousand is like, oh my god, five thousand would be amazing. Like even one thousand would be amazing. But what I'm offering here for the winner of the butt camp program for someone who works really, really, really hard and makes an incredible transformation is ten thousand smackaroos. Can you imagine what you would do with that money? Like we transfer it directly to your PayPal the day the winners are announced. And you know what's actually really exciting? I'm recording this podcast on what day is today? 30th. Uh, 30th of August, Sunday, the 30th of August. And I am going to announce the winner of the current Butt Camp program tomorrow. So we give uh, cash prizes to the top five. We give uh, 10,000 to first, 3,000 to second, 1,000 to third, 500 to fourth, and $250 to fifth place. And I'm about to announce them tomorrow on Monday. The judges have voted. I haven't looked at who has won yet, but I'm going to do that after I record this podcast. And I'm going to announce the winner tomorrow. And I love announcing the winner. Um, I love calling them and telling them that they've won and I love seeing their reaction and it really is just like one of the best parts of running these competitions. So if you're listening to this, um, which if you're listening to live or the day that it drops, which is usually on a Thursday, the competition starts on Monday. If you ain't in it, you can't win it. It's an eight-week competition. Not only will you get shredded and building an incredible set of glutes, but you could also be with be in with the chance of winning $10,000. So make sure you pick up a copy of that today on our website, thesculptedvegan.com. It's only $97 or you can uh, pay 
pay in two payments of 48.50 if that suits your budget better and it starts on Monday the 7th of September but otherwise just leave me a review um on the podcast and you could be with the chance of winning this or any of our programs you can't win the you can't obviously enter the competition if you win this in October but um you could still pick up a copy of the program or that or any other programs and I'm waffling now so I'm just going to stop okay I'm going to be like okay come stop okay you know what to do Take a, take a screenshot, leave the review, take a screenshot, send me a DM. We'll announce it next month. And now we're going to get into the content of the podcast. Okay, so why am I recording this podcast? Well, one of my pet peeves is people who say to me, and you've heard me say this over the times, well, Kim, it's all right for you. And then they go on to tell me why it's all right for me. And basically what they're saying is it's all right for me to, you know, have the body that I have, to have, you know, to homeschool my kids, to all of the things that I do differently to everyone, right? Run a multi-million dollar business, homeschool kids, amazing body that I've worked for, have an incredible marriage with my husband that we work very, very hard on, all of these things. And they're like, well, it's all right for you. And then they go on to tell me why it's all right for me and why they couldn't possibly have what I have. And you know what it sounds like to me? bullshit excuses. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like bullshit excuses, right? And I don't say that lightly. I would never, ever, ever call bullshit on somebody who was trying to do something that I had never done. So if I have not done something myself, if I have not done it and overcome it and conquered it, then I would never, ever call bullshit on someone else because until you've done it yourself, you don't actually know that it can be done. Sure, you can see other people doing it, but you don't really know that it can be done until you've done it yourself. So what am I talking about here? Well, I'm talking about time management, right? Because I do get asked a lot. People say to me, holy Lord, how on earth do you fit it all in? I actually had this the other day. And I think this is why I decided to, to record this podcast because I got a wee bee in my bonnet. And you all love it when I got a bee in my bonnet because I go off on a wee bit of a rant. But, um, it, you know, and I do get this a lot. So it was on a post that I put on my Instagram. And I don't even have this written down as one of the stories I'm supposed to tell you today. So I'm going off on a wee bit of a tangent here, but I promise I'll bring it back. So I was on Instagram. I'd posted a picture of me um, whenever I, I'm on a shred at the minute. And so I posted my 19 day pictures, right? So not even three week pictures, posted them on my Instagram with my schedule, which at currently, right, my current schedule is uh, two hours cardio. So I get up in the morning and I get on the Stairmaster um, and I do an hour's cardio in the morning. Then I eat and then I go straight to the gym and I train in the gym for an hour. And then I come to the office and I work most of the day. I go home, I have dinner with the family and then I do another hour's cardio in the evening, which is usually just like a seven kilometer walk with the dog. Okay. So, um, but I got, somebody said to me, it was actually another personal trainer, wrote a comment on my Instagram and she said, it's all right for you. <laughs> there you are, that phrase again. It's all right for you. As, a, as she said, as a trainer, I can understand, you know, she, she actually wasn't, she wasn't being facetious. She said, you know, oh my God, amazing results, totally doable when you're a trainer and this is your full-time job. But for the average person, these results are just not uh, possible because most people just don't have two hours, uh, you know, a day to do cardio and training. And I was like, <laughs> no, you don't, Missy. And anyway, I wrote back and I said, well, actually, I'm not a trainer and I, it's not my full-time job. My full-time job is running my enormous company. So this is not my full-time job. And actually, I, I hate to tell you you're wrong, but women all over the world, thousands and thousands of women who join my programs, embark on shred protocol, which involves 
two sessions of cardio per day, sometimes starting at 60 minutes each session, sometimes starting at 30 minutes and working their way up, um, usually six or seven days a week, usually seven days a week on my shred programs. And they also do five to six days training in the gym on my programs, as well as all the meal prepping and everything that has to, that comes with it. And she also said, oh, you know, it's com- it's totally not sustainable. And I said, you're right. It's not sustainable. It's not meant to be sustainable. Like, I'm not going to be doing two hours cardio for the rest of my life. It's absolutely not sustainable. This program that I'm on, the shred I'm on, is to achieve a certain goal by a certain time. And the women who join my program or the men who join my program, such as the jailhouse shred, they also have like four weeks or eight weeks to achieve their goals. So you're right, it's not sustainable. But she kind of argued the point with me. And then there was another mom of twins or something of three-year-old twins came on and kind of jumped on the bandwagon. She was like, oh, this is, I, you know, this this really angers me because there's no way that this would be possible and blah, blah, blah. And really what she was saying was, I really, really, really want to work out, but I really, really don't have the time. And rather than just saying it's not important enough to me at the time, uh, you know, at the moment, I want to make excuses for why I can't. And you all know how I feel about that. I've done loads of podcasts about take responsibility, guys. Just say, it's not that important to me. Listen, if I had three-year-old twins, do you think I'd be doing two hours cardio and an hours training a day? Not in your fucking Nelly. Absolutely no way. So I wasn't judging the mom of twins, but I did want her to say, you know, I, I said to her, you know, it's best that you take responsibility and say it's just not that important to you right now, which is totally fine because there's only one time in your kids' young lives that they are going to need you and only you, and you have something that only you can give them. And that is a mother's love and a mother's attention. And that is as it should be. You shouldn't be out doing three hours cardio a day if that's not important to you and you're having to sacrifice something with your kids. So I totally agreed with her. But I was like, but don't make excuses. Don't pretend you can't, right? So this is where it all came from. And it was a bit like, you know, and it, but it made me realize this trainer you know, the reason why trainers love to come on and attack me or not attack me, but tell me why my results aren't valid or whatever is because quite often they're training people, okay? They're training people and they're also training these people to get results. And they're probably not getting the results that I'm getting because let me tell you, there's very few trainers in person or online who are actually, who actually have the balls, right? The balls to make people or to ask people, you can't make anyone do anything, but to ask people to do two hours cardio a day and eat 1500 calories and a very restricted diet or, you know, plan their calories and macros and also to fit in strength training as well, five or six days a week. Very few trainers have the balls to ask people to do that, but they know if people were doing that, they would get epic results. People say to me, okay, why do your programs get such such epic results? And I go, because I make people work harder than they've ever worked in their life before. And when you work harder than you've ever worked in your life before, you get epic results. The reason why other programs that people have been on in the past, people say to me constantly, oh, I, I bought every program. I've got Beachbody and Live Body and This Body and That Body. And none of my programs, none of these programs have ever gotten the results that yours have gotten. I'm like, that's because you're only doing 50% of the work. So, you know, are my programs good? Yes. But are they the be all and end all? No, I'm not doing anything really very different to any other trainer, except I have the balls to ask you to step up to the plate and work your fucking ass off, right? That's what I have the balls to do. And those of you who are ballsy and gutsy enough go, yes, I will. I will, Kim. I will. And you step up and you carve the time and you do it and you get epic fucking results, right? I'm swearing a lot today because I'm feeling very emphatic and enthused about what I'm talking about. But, you know, really, that is why my programs get results because I actually have the balls to ask you to work really, really, really hard. And damn, do you step up to the plate? I'm so proud of all of you because I know that so many of you who bought my programs listen to these podcasts. So, um, anyway, this is why I thought, but you know what? I thought, what, when did I become? So, I, I, 
I wanted to ask, right? It was like, when did I become so good at time management? Like, why, why have I been able to achieve an enormous amount in my life? Because I really have, really, really, really have achieved like an enormous amount in my life. But um, and also, I was asking myself recently. I was like, "Why? Why do people get so angry with me? Like, why so angry?" <laughs> this is my kids always say, "Why so angry?" If I go, "Kai, can you please stop irritating Jack?" He goes, "Why so angry?" I'm like, "I'm not fucking angry, you be shit. I'm just telling you to stop antagonizing your brother." You know, why so angry? But like, why do people get so angry with me online? I really don't understand why they get so angry. I do understand why they get so angry. I'll tell you why. Because I make. I make people work really, really hard and people either love to work really hard or they try to work hard, they fail and then they blame me. I failed on the Sculpted Vegans program because she made me work too hard. No, nobody ever says that. People say, you know, it was unsustainable. I couldn't do it. It was a fad. She she promotes eating disorders. People love to blame the thing that they couldn't do rather than going, oh, wow, it was far too hard and I just didn't have the emotional or physical capacity to complete that program. <laughs> Interesting. Will must try harder next time or no, it was too hard, ain't gonna try harder ever again because it just isn't my thing. No, 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 it's the sculpted vegan that is wrong. She creates programs that are unsustainable and, and and oh my God, I don't know, whatever words they freaking say about me. Anyway, okay, I'm going off on a tangent here, right? But here's, but but that's what I wanted to ask, right? So why do people get so angry and why... No, I don't even want to ask why people get so angry. Actually, that was just a wee tangent, a wee side note that I went off here. And you always, and I know, and I know that I do go off in side notes, okay? And I know that you guys love it when I do it, but I really am trying hard not to do it. So I'm going to bring it back, okay? Going to bring it back. How do I manage to fit it all in? Right? How do I manage to fit it all in? Well, I'm going to tell you how I manage to fit it all in. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Now you're all waiting. You're like, oh, another story. Uh, when my kids were young, okay, I was trying to grow an online business. And many people think, I've talked about this loads, that I was an overnight success. I definitely, definitely was not an overnight success, okay? I decided that I, I remember whenever Jack was was just born, I was running another business and it was, it was, um, it was like a language company. I decided I wanted my kids to have languages. And then I decided this was so amazing and I loved them having languages so much and I would try to make a business out of it because surely there were other parents who would want their kids to speak languages. So I was trying to run this business and then I found out that I was pregnant with Jack and that was not planned at all. So Jack came along and I used to um, run around like a headless chicken. I had four children under the age of five, right? Try that on just for a second. Four children under five. It was absolutely and utterly insane. So I was trying to um, parent my four children. None of them went to school. Didn't have nannies or cleaners or anything like that. Did have the language girls who came to the house or the um, you know the teachers who came to the house to play with the kids. Um, but they didn't. They never had all four of them. They only had one or two at a time. So I always had a child hanging off me somewhere. So I'm trying to grow the business, trying to do all this. Nearly had a nervous breakdown. Decided there must be an easier way, okay? There must be an easier way to make money without having to kill myself. Like I used to take the kids to tennis lessons and Jack was just a baby. He wasn't obviously having tennis lessons. And Maya, um, I can't remember when Maya was with me all day, but I remember I used to take Jack when he was just a tiny baby and I used, I used to put him on my chest and then I used to fall asleep in the cafe. I used to like lie back purposely to fall asleep because I was so exhausted, put my head back and like... And like snore. And people used to say to me afterwards, oh, you look so peaceful. I didn't want to wake you up there, you know, with the baby lying in your chest. And my mom used to say, oh my God, do you not feel embarrassed falling asleep in the cafe? I was like, mom, I don't feel embarrassed falling asleep anywhere. I am so exhausted that I just, I need to be able to close my eyes anywhere where I am. I was so tired. So I decided that I was going to try and figure out another way to earn money online. So I 
researched, I, I'd heard of eBooks, right? This is before the internet marketing hadn't really, it just was beginning to explode. We're talking here 2000, Jack was born 2011. So we're kind of talking 2011, 2012. Okay. So I began to look into, you know, online stuff. And I thought I'd heard that eBooks were a really great way that you could make money online. And I thought if I just wrote an eBook, that would be great. I could write an eBook and I could just sell it over and over and over again, just write it once, get a bit of leverage, sell it over and over again. And then it would, you know, make me some money, some passive income. And I was like, this could be a really good way to earn money. So I started researching how to write an eBook. And then I bought this, you know, this book or whatever that taught you how to write an eBook. And then there was, and then of course, once you bought it, then there was upsells and down sells and it was and then I began to learn oh my god what's an upsell and what's a down sell and of course then I started to go down the rabbit hole and then I thought maybe I should start a blog so I started a blog and I thought I'm going to write going to commit to writing every single day because this is the kind of crazy bitch that I am right most people start a blog and they go oh yeah I'll just write the blog and feel like it no 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 I said if I'm going to do something I'm going to freaking well do it I'm going to commit to writing a blog post every single day for a full year and you know I did I wrote a I wrote a blog post every day for a year. I think in the in the year I missed three days in the entire year, but I wrote a blog post every single day for a year. And I actually came across, but I think my blog is still up online. It was called, what do you hear? You ready? Lip gloss, entre- no, what was it called? Mumpreneurs, lip gloss, lip, lip gloss mumpreneurs, I think it was called. Oh my God, so horrendous. We all have to start somewhere. Don't judge me. <laughs> and um, so I started writing this blog every single day. And of course, then I had committed to writing this blog and I was recent. And then I went down the rabbit hole and I was like, oh my God, I could start this and I could start this. So I started researching online businesses and membership-based businesses. And then I, you know, and I bought this program about how to, you know, build an, a membership, a membership-based business. It was $600. I put it on my credit card, didn't even tell my husband because I was convinced this was going to, you know, teach me to, you know, this was going to make me rich. And anyway, so I was working and working, working. I was learning about social media. I was learning about Facebook and about Twitter. And of course, I believed you had to be on them all. Instagram didn't even exist in those days. It was, you had to be on Twitter. You had to be on Facebook. You had to be on LinkedIn. And so, and I was like, okay, I have to learn about SEO and have to learn about social media and have to learn about webinars and how to do this and how to do that. So I was, I was learning and learning and learning and learning and learning and had all of this learning to do and all of this work to do and all of these webinars to watch and all of this stuff to do. And I I also had my four kids that I was homeschooling at the time and I was trying to run this language business and I was trying to, you know, had to do all the laundry and the cooking and the cleaning and I was breastfeeding, you know, the kids. I co-slept with them all in 18-foot beds so I wasn't really getting, you know, I was getting sleep at night but obviously I was awake and feeding and oh my God, I'm exhausted even, even talking about it. So here's what happened. In the midst of all this, um, I, I, I used to like to drink, not not like like an alcoholic drink, but a little glass of wine in the evening used to just numb the pain a little bit of the screaming kids and bed and bath time and beyond, you know, and um, bed, bath and beyond. Uh, it's an American company, I think. So anyway, a little glass of wine in the evening tended to numb things. And I was very friendly with my cousin's wife. We're still very friendly. Um, we don't see each other so much now, but she, her kids were exactly the same age. So I was very friendly with her. And uh, she invited me one night to a talk in the school that a kid's her kid's school um she had, there was a woman there who'd written a book and she invited me to a talk and I was like will there be wine and she said oh of course and I was like okay I'll come because in those days I would have gone to the opening of an envelope if it meant a night away from the kids so I was like Ryan have to go out on Tuesday night it's very important uh won't be home or whatever till till nine o'clock or whatever you're on you're on kid duty 
Aunt Ryan really was not a very hands-on dad, so he felt like he was bestowing some great favour on me if he looked after our children for the evening. And so anyway, off I went this night to this talk in this school, and it was by a girl called Alison Mitchell. I had to look her up, I couldn't remember her name, but her, it was by a girl called Alison Mitchell, and she had written this book called Time Management for Manic Mums. Now, she was very entertaining and she talked about her book and she described different strategies in the book and things. And, and she, you know, did this funny thing with peacock feathers and then she filled up a jar with, you know, with rocks. And she said, is the jar full? And we went, yes. And then she said, no, no. And then she filled it up with pebbles. Is it now full? Oh, yes, it's definitely full. And then she filled it more. Then she managed to pour sand in. And I was like, now is it full? Oh, it's definitely full. And then she managed to fill it up with water. And she was like, you see, you always think that your time is filled up, but it's actually not. Blah, blah, blah. And she was demonstrating all these things. It was all very interesting. And then we all got a, a signed copy of the book to take home with us. So I went home and I was like, oh yeah, really nice. Yeah, time management for manic moms. Sounds great, you know. And threw the book on the bookshelf. Never thought any more about it because, you know, even though I was probably a classic case of needing this book, of course, you know, I was like, who has the time to sit down and read a bloody book? So fast forward, I think a couple of months later, I literally had reached breaking point. I was trying to get the kids out the door one day to their tennis lessons. And I don't know, I always seem to talk about the kids' tennis lessons. But interestingly, the kids have had tennis lessons for literally 15 years. Corey, my eldest, is nearly 15, not 15, then 13. I think he was two when he started lessons. So they've had tennis lessons uh, once or twice a week in a private club that we go to. Sounds very fancy. It's really not. And um, so it's just one, one constant that they've had in their life, you know, for the last, we've had in our lives for the last 13 years. But and they used to do all these wee clubs and stuff, you know, at the at, at our gym too, because it was just a way for me to like get them, you know, mini active and stuff, get them like entertained for an hour while I would sit and drink coffee in the cafe. You know, those golden moments when your children are so young and you're just like dying to have an uninterrupted cup of coffee with no one needing anything from you. So this one day I had to get the kids out to tennis and see trying to get four young children out the door and into the car to go somewhere. It is an absolute and utter nightmare. And I was like, come on, come on, guys, because tennis lessons started at like 3.30 or whatever. And of course, I was always rushing because I was so busy and trying to get everything done. And this particular day, I... I I was like, come on, guys, come on, come on. And I was like, please hurry up. Come on, Corey, get Kai, get your shoes on. And Kai was complaining because he didn't want to go. And, and Maya, and then something happened with her and, and she started to cry. And this, and I had Jack and I was like trying to get one into the car and I got one into the car and I come back into the house to get the other one. And then that one got out of the car and come back into the house. And I was like, oh my God, I'm trying to carry all this stuff. And I I literally reached breaking point and I, and I just stopped in the, and they were all, one of them was screaming and they were fighting about something or whatever. And I just stopped and I just sank to my knees in the hallway and I started to cry. And I just like started to sob. I was so overwhelmed and it takes a lot to break me. It takes a lot to break me. And I put my head in my hands and I started to sob. And of course, the, now Jack was a tiny baby. So he was in a, in a baby carrier on the floor. And I the, the other ones came over to me and they were like, mommy, mommy, are you okay? And they started patting me on the shoulder, you know, as children do. And I was like, <laughs> I was crying and crying. I was like, doesn't matter. We're not going, we're not going to go to tell us. And they were like, no, no, mommy, it's okay. We're really sorry. We'll go. Like per Corey, he was only like six, you know, they weren't even old. He was, he had just turned six, I think. And Jack and Kai was four and Maya was, she wasn't even two. She was only one. At the time, maybe Kai was three and she was one. I can't, can't even remember. I think there were five, three and one. And Jack was a baby. That's what there were. Five, three and one. And they were patting me on the shoulder and I was like crying, crying, crying. And then eventually I just stopped and I was like, 
fuck am I doing? And they were like, mommy, mommy, it's okay. Come on, come on, let's go. We'll be fine. I was like, are you sure? And they were like, yes, come on. I was like, okay. So I put everybody in the car and I kind of drove very somberly. I remember to the gym and I remember just thinking, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. I am done. I was, you know, after having a big cry, I felt like I'd released something. But I remember thinking something has to give. And I remembered the book that Alison Mitchell had written, The Time Management for Manic Mums. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to read that book. I'm going to take it out and see, is it going to, you know, help me? Because I really, 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 here's the thing, right? I really wanted to be a good parent to my kids. And I really wanted to be a good wife. And, co and I'm cooking and pr providing nutritious food was so important to me. But it was also really important to me to be a, um, a, a to grow a business. Like I really, really wanted to, to do something for myself and have something for myself in the future. I wanted to be able to travel with my kids and you know, and buy really nice things and, and all the stuff that money can can give you, you know. And so anyway, I went home that night and, you know, after I got the kids to bed or did whatever, I, I took this book off the bookshelf and I was like, right, I'm going to read this book. So I took it to bed with me and I started to read. And because I was in the place where I desperately needed some strategies, this book was absolutely perfect for me. It was absolutely and utterly perfect. Even reading it, I felt more organized, right? You know, whenever you read something, you're like, oh my God, this is going to be life-changing for me. And you start to you start to organize things in your mind and you instantly start to feel better. There's this thing they say that reading strategies makes human believe that they've taken action. Reading action points somehow wires our brain, wires our brain to feel like we have also taken action which is so interesting. So I began to feel better already and I began to implement some of the strategies in the book. Now, here is what Alison taught in the book, right? Which I really liked. She, basically what she said was in her younger days, she used to be a business executive before she became a mum. And she found that she really struggled after, after she became a mum to fit it all in and to make sure that everything that needed to get done got done. So she went back to her business roots and she developed a four square method of organizing her day, organizing her day as a mom and organizing all of the things that, that needed to get done. And here is the four square method that she taught. So she basically said uh, that there are, there's, there's things in, in our life that we have to do and they are either urgent or important or both or none, right? So they're either urgent, urgent and important or they're one or the other, or they're neither. And by organizing our day in and around how important or urgent things are, we can make sure that everything gets done and everything that needs to get done will get done. So in the top left corner, if you can imagine four squares, right? Um, it's I was going to say it's like a, it's not like a, uh, a knots and crosses board. It's actually just four squares, okay? So there's four squares, line through the middle, across through the middle, four squares. Top left is the things on your to-do list, which are urgent and important, okay? So they get highest priority, urgent and important. Things like this would be paying your tax bill because it's due the next day. That's urgent and it's important. There will be a downside if you don't do it. Fixing a flat tire on your car. Your oil light has come on in your car. You need to fill your car with oil, right? That is urgent and important. You do not want your car engine to blow up because it has no oil. Delivering a sick relative's medication. That would be urgent and important. Your sick relative needs the medication. You're responsible for picking it up. You need to deliver it. It's urgent and important. Now, to the side, sorry, underneath urgent and important, we have urgent, 
but not important, right? This is where most of us spend most of our time, <laughs> okay? Ur urgent, but not important. So what is urgent, but not important? The phone ringing, okay? But today it's not the phone ringing so much anymore. It's social media pinging, WhatsApp groups pinging. How many times, I don't know about you, right? But I'm in many, many, many WhatsApp groups and I have, and it's how my whole team and I communicate. My WhatsApp pings hundreds of times a day. Now I have my phone on silent. 95, 99% of the time, my phone is on silent, okay? The reason why it's on silent is because it never leaves my fucking hand. So I can always see when messages are coming in. But also I wear an Apple Watch, which buzzes. So I quite often I have to turn the haptics off on it because it drives me insane because it buzzes so much. So whenever I'm sitting here at my desk, if I don't turn off WhatsApp on my desktop and I don't turn off WhatsApp on my phone, WhatsApp will ping, 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 ping all day. And how many times do you get distracted by WhatsApp when you're trying to work or trying to do something else? Or, you know, whenever you're sitting at your desk and you're working, say for those of you who do work, and you forget to close your email and then you hear a ping and you're like, and you see it there and you look to the side and you're like, no, no, I won't open it. I'll just keep going. You're like, oh, but it's there. And there's a little red, I don't know what I use, a, a MacBook. So there's like a little red number, you know, on my mail telling me there's mail and it's just begging for me to open it. And I have so little self-control that I just go, oh, fuck it, I'll just look and see what it is. So I go into the mail. And of course, if it's something you've been waiting on or something exciting or a new proposal or something, you're like, oh, I'll just go in here for a wee second, have a look. And then the next thing, you know, you're down the rabbit hole of whatever that email was and your focus has been completely taken away from what you were doing. Close the email. <laughs> Don't even look at it, right? So this is where, what else would be um, not urgent, sorry, urgent, but not important. Um, social media. So your WhatsApp, that I have all notifications turned off, not on WhatsApp, on Instagram and Facebook and Messenger. I don't get any, no I have all my notifications turned off in my email. I have zero push notifications to my phone except WhatsApp. And I'm seriously considering also turning off notifications on WhatsApp so that they will only ping whenever I open my WhatsApp. And I will open it a few times a day to check like I do with Instagram, but I will keep it closed the rest of the time. So that is, unfortunately, most of us, after we've dealt with the urgent and important, like paying the tax bill or fixing the flat tire, go straight into urgent but not important. Things that ping but that really are not that important, okay? So in the top right-hand corner, what we would have then is important but not urgent. This is the most important square in the whole matrix. Why? Because these are your goals. Important but not urgent are the things that you want for yourself that will move you closer to the kind of person you want to be, the kind of body you want to have, the kind of business you want to run, whatever it is that you are building for yourself. These are the things that get overlooked and pushed to the side because they're not urgent, but yet they are extremely important. What would these things be? Getting fit, starting on that new fitness plan that you bought that you've never done yet eight-week butt camp, anybody? Mm-hmm. Uh, working on your new business, working on your side hustle, developing that product you've been saying you're going to develop for ages. That's just an idea that you're, that you're determined you're going to develop. Developing some kind of new skill, learning a new language, making, an, making amends with a friend, somebody you fell out with a long time ago or somebody you've had words with or there's bad feeling with and you know that you need to sort it out with them, but you just keep putting it off. That difficult conversation you know you need to have. It's, it's important, but it's not urgent. Booking a coaching call or a, or a therapy session, right? Urgent, 
but not, sorry, important, but not urgent. Um, or learning a new language. These are your goals. These are your things that you have wanted for yourself for a long, long time, but you just do not prioritize because they are not urgent. That's top right-hand corner of the matrix. Bottom right-hand corner of the matrix is the fluff of your life. It's the things that are not urgent and not important. Netflix, surfing social media, tidying your utensil drawer, going into the office and sitting at your desk and tidying all of your stuff and lighting your candle and chatting to Karen at the coffee machine on the way in and then, you know, and then surfing through the clothes, you know, on ASOS that you might need for your vacation next year. These are all things that are not urgent and not important and they suck away our time. We spend so much time on things that are not urgent and not important and so little time on things that are important but not urgent, i.e. our goals, that literally we feel that we have no time to achieve anything. And I realized after reading this in the book that I had been spending the majority of my time on the wrong things and completely disregarding the things that were important and that would move, that would move me towards my goal. It wasn't that I was disregarding them, it's that there were so, I just didn't know how to prioritize them. There were so many things that I wanted to achieve and so many things I wanted to do and I just didn't know how to fit them into my life and I vowed to change. So what else Alison had us do, and this was so cathartic, Thartic for me. I remember doing this. I remember as I did this, I even remember where I was when I was doing it. I think I was drinking a glass of wine while I did it. I sat down in the evening and I said to Ryan, I'm going to do a brain dump. Okay. I'm a big, massive fan of brain dumps. I even do them now, except that now I have an assistant. Um, I actually have two assistants who literally look after all my stuff for me. So I don't need to brain dump. The minute I need to brain dump, I brain dump to Christina and she organizes everything for me. So it's a completely different system we have now, but I'll talk about that later. But a brain dump, I remember I was sitting down with a glass of wine and I, every single little thing that was in my brain that I had been telling myself I should do, I needed to do, I had to remember to do, I should get around to doing, I wrote them all down on a piece of paper. And my piece of paper was two A4 pieces of paper long. Two A4 pieces of paper long, my brain dump. It was things like, you know, purchase the blackout blind for Corey's bedroom. Um, you know, clean out the 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 utility the cupboard in the utility room. Um, purchase the part for such and such. It was even things like then. It was you know get fit or find a Pilates class or you know get new shoes for the kids. Um, you know get a guy in to fix the downstairs toilet. You know every single tiny little thing that was in my brain that I had not done, I wrote down on that piece of paper. And so then once you've, once you've gotten everything out of your brain that's taking up space, you start to prioritize them. You take out a diary. So every single person in this world, I believe, should have a diary. Anyone over the age of, of 18 should have a diary, okay? And in your diary, you you write into each and every day what you're going to do on that day. You start to schedule the things that you're going to do. So as you worked down your list, she said to take out the things um, and prioritize the list into things that are urgent and important. They get and they get the letter A beside them. So she said prioritize them into A1, A2, A3. There shouldn't be any more than maybe three or four maximum A's on your list every single day. Then once you have prioritized the A's, then you prioritize the B's. These are the things in your brain dump that are important but not urgent. Learning the language, 
scheduling, you know, your meal prep, sitting down and working out your macros and your calories in order to lose weight, joining the gym, or, you know, maybe the next step is literally just looking at gyms that are that are open in your area and finding out what the fees are. You know, so the things that will move you closer towards what you want to do, pick one or two or three or four or five of them, however many you think you can fit in, and put them on your list next. Those are your Bs. They go B1, B2, B3, B4, okay? Then your Cs are your things that are urgent but not important. That is, call mom for a chat or check in with the girls about next Saturday. So the things that are, you know, urgent but not important, i.e. urgent, they kind of need to get done or it's a phone ringing. Just, you know, it's it, that one's kind of hard sometimes to put into a, a box, you know, because if the phone's not actually ringing, it's not urgent. But there are, th- there are things that are urgent but not important. So those came next. And then the D's, well, they're the nice things. They're the things that are not urgent, not important. You know, watch billions on Netflix or, you know, just silly little things that, you know, that that you've been wanting to do for ages, but they really are not urgent, not important. These are kind of pet projects or things that are nice or things that, you know, feel good. If you have any time to put those in at the end of the day, put them in, but definitely do not prioritize them first. So, This was completely transformative for me. Once I brain dumped, once I started prioritizing, once I got myself a diary and I started writing them in every day, then she said, what what you should do is review your diary every evening for the next morning. So you're being proactive. And so then I would sit down with my diary in the end of the evening and I would look at the next day and I would prioritize everything that I had to do the next day. So then I knew, did I need to get up earlier to get this thing done? If if washing my hair was important because I had a lunch date, then when was I going to wash my hair? Was I going to, well, the only time I was going to do it before the kids woke up. So I had to get up at six to wash my hair uh, to make sure it was washed and dried before the kids woke because that was really the only time I was going to get any peace to actually wash my hair because my kids were all so young. So, you know, it was about really being proactive with your day and sitting down looking at the next day and and putting all the things in. Then I took a, a a thing that I had been doing for a long time and I applied it to it, which is time chunking. Now, if you are listening to this podcast through my website, you can look in the show notes under the podcast and you'll see that I have included a screenshot of my diary from, two, I think it was April 2013, because that's whenever I started doing this. This is now um, 2020, so we're talking seven years ago here. This is when, and you'll see a screenshot of how I used to chunk my time. Once I realized that there were things I needed to get done in my day and I couldn't get away from them, then I started like putting them in my diary. So I would put in things like laundry, okay? Laundry would get a full hour in my diary, say between the hours. So I would say the kids, um, the boy, younger boys used to go to school at that time. They used to go to the Rudolf Steiner school just in the mornings. So I had to pick them up. And I think Maya, she maybe went to the play school as well for like two mornings a week or something. So yeah, she would have been three. So she went to the play school two mornings a week. So um, I had um, my mornings free because I used to have somebody to help me look after Jack. You know, the, the, one of the language girls who, one of the teachers who was teaching them languages, she would have come in and looked after Jack. And so I would have had mornings free. So I used to make sure the kids, Ryan used to leave with the kids at like 8.20 in the morning to take them to school. So I used to uh, prioritize everything I needed to get done, knowing that I could be sitting at my desk, you know, the minute, you know, one of the girls arrived to take care of Jack at 9am. So before that time, I used to work in laundry at this time, this at this time, and I used to time chunk my entire day, I even used to prioritize making dinner. So one day it would have been at 3pm, one day it would have been 1.30. And I used to look at how much time I had to make dinner. Sometimes on a Tuesday, it was only 45 minutes. So I knew that whatever I ate on a Tuesday night or whatever I cooked on a Tuesday night had to be something pretty quick and simple to make because I only had 45 minutes. 
kids. So I planned all our family's food a week in advance on a Sunday and I put the, the whatever I was making into my diary with the page and the recipe that it was on and I did all the shopping in advance so it was all there and I became the master of time chunking and time management. And since I did that, my productivity went absolutely and utterly through the roof because I was being proactive with my time. I was being proactive and not only was I being proactive, I was scheduling every single day into my diary and into my time things that were important but not urgent. And that is the key here in what I'm telling you. That's why I've been able to achieve an unbelievable amount of success in my life because I have made the things that are important but not urgent important to me in my diary every single day. And so therefore, little by little by little by little by little, since 2013, whenever I started working on this business, or 2012 it was, I started working in the business, I finally launched the Sculpted Vegan after years and years and years of trying and trying and trying to start and grow online businesses. I finally launched it in 2017. And now three years later, uh, this year we're, we're on track for a three, probably a $4 million turnover. Three years later, a $4 million turnover. That's because I started in 2012 and I started working, working a little bit every single day, every single day, every single day towards my bigger goal. Now, I didn't know at the time it was going to be the Sculpted Vegan. I thought it was going to be like the Work at Home Moms Network or something else I was working on. But, you know, all of those hours that I put in learning webinars and strategies and Pinterest and LinkedIn, which I don't use any of now, by the way, but, you know, all of the time that I put into learning about blogging and SEO and WordPress and all of that stuff, that is actually what caused me to be successful in the end whenever I found the thing that I was truly, truly passionate about, and that was bodybuilding. Um, I also used the times when I would have had to do really boring and mundane tasks like hanging up laundry or ironing or things like that. I used to use those to watch webinars. So I used to watch replays of webinars, webinars, and I used to watch like a lot of the marketeers that I, you know, now would be my peers that used to, you know, be my idols. I used to watch all of their webinars and things. And then I used that to learn about the business. So every night before going to bed, um, whenever Jack was really young, I had to do the last feed of the night. And I hated to go to sleep and then wake up. I liked to you know, I used to wake him at about 11 o'clock and I would have fed him and then I would have, you know, gone back to bed with him. So I wouldn't have gotten to bed till about midnight and see by the time I had, and then he would have woken again during the night to feed, of course, probably a couple of times whenever he was a baby. And but so that last feed was just soul crushingly exhausting. I was exhausted because the other kids were still getting up at six or, you know, between six and seven in the morning. Anyway, it's not like I could sleep in with the young baby. So I, I was absolutely exhausted, but I decided to re frame that time in the evening. And I used that time to do laundry. So I did laundry between 10 and 11 because all of the kids were asleep by that point. Did laundry between 10 and 11, did my ironing and hung up laundry and stuff. And I listened to webinars. So I actually found that I find a way to make a really kind of boring task um, pleasurable because I was learning while I was doing it and the learning was moving me closer towards my goal. And as you know, I always say three things stimulate the pleasure centers of the brain, eating, learning, and sex. So um, learning is something that really stimulates us and feels good. So I use that time productively to learn. And all of these little choices that I made over the years have, have, um, have culminated if that's the right word, into the success that I have today. So um, I also used a lot of um, tips from the book. There was one tip that I still use today. And she said, you know, if you live by the rule of don't put it down, put it away. 
She said, your life will transform. And it's something that I've taught my kids. It's something I try to do even today. Don't put it down, put it away. How many times do you say, oh, I'll just put that there and I'll move it later. I try not to do that now. I don't leave my clothes on the floor. I don't, whatever. I go, no, no, no. Walk to the bathroom and put them in the laundry or, you know, or no, Kim, lift that and put it in the kitchen. So I don't put it down. I put it away. And it, that little tiny bit of extra effort in that moment to put something away saves you a massive amount of effort in the long run. So um, and I even scheduled time in with my kids in the beginning. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was, I wasn't failing as a parent, that I felt that I wasn't failing, that I was spending really quality time with my kids. So I would schedule into my diary every day at, you know, 2 p.m. or whatever, I would say, or after I picked the kids up from school, that would be our time when we would, you know, we would read books and we would cook together or we would walk to the big trees and collect conkers. And then we would make, you know, we would pick apples and we would make apple pie and, you know, all of those really, you know, lovely things that you do with your kids whenever they're really young, if you're lucky enough to be at home with them like I was. That's I used to schedule those in. And let me tell you, when you've spent an hour or two hours of really focused time with your kids, when you've done nothing but read to them and play with them, whatever, you feel like you're the best parent in the world afterwards. And they absolutely and utterly love it. So I scheduled that into my diary too. And I really felt like I was having success in many, many, many areas. Now, why am I telling you this really, really long-winded story? Well, simply because being organized really has become second nature to me. Um, so when I created my programs, when I create the you know, the programs for the Sculpted Vegan program, I created them to suit my life. They always say that you never you never really create programs for other people. You always create them for yourself. And then you, the people like you in the world will find your programs and they will resonate with them because they are like you. They're your tribe. Many people have heard of... Um, who wrote it? I can't remember. I think it was Seth Godin wrote the book Tribe or Tribes. And it talks about how, you know, you need to find your people. And certainly my Sculpted Vegan Network, they are my people. Our people who join my program are ballsy, gutsy, hard workers, determined. You know, they, they have this mindset. They may not always be, you know, slim and, you know, and, and gorgeous. You know, some of them come in and they're like, oh my God, I'm a wee bit tubby. Somebody wrote the other day, any other overweight women here? And women are like, yep, 200 pounds to lose. Yep, I'm four. 40 kilos overweight. Yep, I'm tubby. Yep, I'm this. You know, we, but it, what I attract, I don't attract a real fit, athletic woman. I attract a woman that has a certain mindset. That's all it takes to resonate with me, to resonate with the sculpted vegan. You don't, people don't look at me and go, well, they do sometimes and go, oh, I really want her body. But quite often, rather than the body, the body is the first thing they see. But then what they hear are my words. They hear how I speak. They hear how I, how I, conduct myself, they read my programs and something with it resonates with them. The inner athlete inside of them that's been screaming to get out their entire life listens to my podcast or reads my programs or, or watches or hears something about me and they go, this person gets me because inside we are the same. We may look different on the outside. You may be 40 kilos overweight and I may be 10% body fat, but inside we have the same mindset. That's why my programs are successful because I market to a mindset. I don't market to a person, I market to a mindset. So whenever I created my programs, whenever I create my programs for Sculpted Vegan, I create absolutely insane programs because I am ext an extremely organized person. I can fit two hours of cardio into my day. And not only can I fit them in because I know how to, how to organize my life to fit it in, I can fit it in because I have the belief that I can do hard things. I had 
four children under the age of five while homeschooling them and growing a business and looking after a big house. And my husband was zero help to me with the kids at home, cooking dinner every day. I, I survived on hardly any sleep for many, many years. I breastfed all my kids. I was either breastfeeding or pregnant for 10 years. And I still managed to learn, grow, put in work towards building a better me, a better self. I managed to become a yoga teacher, a, first of all, a Pilates teacher, a yoga teacher after that. I grew a company called Yoga Talks, and then I grew the Sculpted Vegan. So I am a person who can do hard shit. And I'm a person who realizes that even if you're tired, you still get up and do it anyway. Tiredness is not an excuse to stop. So whenever I write programs, I write them for me. I write them from my perspective, which is I am a person who can do really hard shit. And you know what? If you do this program, you will also become a person who can do really hard shit right? And you know what that does for you? That gives you self-esteem. It makes you believe in yourself. It gives you purpose and drive and determination, and it literally changes your life. So whenever I write programs, that's who I write them for, right? And so, but the thing is, there's a lot of people also who join who join my programs or who want to join my programs and they write to me on Instagram and they say, oh, can you tell me how much time is is um, needed for this program? I'm, I suppose I'm thinking about this a lot at the minute because we are in the middle of the butt camp relaunch and it's starting on the 7th of September. So I'm getting a lot of people, you know, commenting on our ads on Instagram and writing me direct messages saying, can you please tell me how much time is available for this program? And I say, um, well, the cardio starts at 30 minutes twice a day and then um, it builds to 60 minutes twice a day and you have 45 minutes a day strength training six days a week. And they go, what? And they're like, so you're going to be working at, so how long? And I go, uh, two to three hours a day, two hours a day in the beginning over three sessions up to three hours a day at the end. And they're like, there's no way people could do that. There's no way. And I go, well, actually there is. And, and they do because we sold 6,000 of them in the last two months. And all of these people are doing the program currently. And so I love to um, I love to build belief in people. And I love to reframe uh, what they believe is possible. But also, I really just want to find my tribe. And some women go, "Oh, there's no way I'd ever be able to do that." And I go, "No problem at all. This is not the right program for you. Then it's you know, no hard feelings. Like it doesn't matter to me if you buy it or you don't buy it. I only want people. But I want to be honest with you about what's involved in order to do this program. And so, but I also want to tell people. So maybe you're listening to this, or maybe you've been considering the butt camp, or maybe you've been considering the four week shred or the jailhouse shred or whatever. And in the back. Of your mind, you're thinking, oh my God, I will never be able to fit that in. Or maybe you've bought the butt camp program and you're planning on on um, competing in September, but you really just don't know how to fit it all in. Well, that's why I wanted to record this podcast. That's why I'm telling you all this, because I wanted to give you my strategies that I've used to become successful over the years so you too can become successful. But what you really, really have to do is actually just be super, super proactive about your life. You have to be really proactive about your life. You have to plan your life in advance. I always teach that in order to be successful in bodybuilding, you have to get your macros and your calories correct. You have to be very precise with your macros and calories. And the only way you can be precise with your macros and calories is to plan in advance. So you have to plan in my fitness pal you have to do the calculations first and then you have to meal prep in advance i always advise that people meal prep on the weekend for the week ahead i actually had a girl who tagged me in an instagram picture recently and she had meal prepped it looked like she'd meal prepped about 2 weeks in advance and i was like 
oh, holy God, that is so insane. And I reposted it on my story because she had breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks prepped in boxes, I would say one to two weeks in advance. Do you have any idea how easy that doing the eight-week butt camp is going to be for that woman? Because she put in the effort now to make it easier in the future. So even though it's hard to sit down with your calendar or your diary and to look, you know, to plan things, if you don't plan them, they'll never get done. You have to have it. Like at the minute, I'm doing, like I said, two hours cardio a day. And at the minute, I get on the Stairmaster by 8 a.m. Now, I know that if I don't get on the Stairmaster by 8 a.m. because I do an hour's cardio in the morning, I won't be off by 9. If I'm not off by 9, I won't have a chance to eat my breakfast before I shower, before I then head to the gym at 9.30. I've only given myself 30 minutes between 9 and 9.30 to eat breakfast, get showered, and well, we usually leave about 9.40 actually. So 40 minutes, right, to get ready to get to the gym in the morning. Now, I could get on the Stairmaster earlier. And when I was prepping for my shows last year, I did um, have to get on the Stairmaster for 7 a.m. every day. And I, see, but because it was scheduled, I I never wanted to get out of bed. My alarm used to go off at like 6.30 and I used to go down and make coffee and I had to be on the Stairmaster by 7. Do you think I wanted to be on that Stairmaster by 7 a.m. In the, in the pitch black in the middle of January or February whenever everyone else is sleeping and it, the house is freezing? No, I did not. But did I do it? Yes, I did it. Why? Because it was in my diary and it was scheduled and I had committed to it. It wasn't like, oh yeah, tomorrow when I have time, I'll do my cardio. No, 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 no. If you say tomorrow when I have time, I'll go to the gym tomorrow, Tomorrow when I have time, I'll do my cardio. If you let yourself off the hook like that and you keep it wishy-washy, it ain't never going to happen. So I want to give you the strategies that I've used in order to be successful to achieve an incredible amount in my life. And the reason that I've been able to achieve a incredible amount in my life is because I've always been proactive in time chunking and scheduling my time and in prioritizing things and making them happen. Whenever I was a yoga teacher, it's funny because I had, I tried and tried and tried for many years to grow an online business. I decided to start a network for work-at-home mums because that's what I knew how to do called the Work-at-Home Mums Network. I've talked about it before. I talked about my last podcast too. It was an absolute and utter disaster. It, well, it wasn't a disaster. I did actually make, you know, a reasonable income at it. Not much, like about $2,000 a month, right? Which for me at the time, $24,000 a year for a wee side hustle really wasn't bad at all. But it wasn't a good return for the amount of hours that I had put in uh, making it and the amount of investment I had put in making it happen. So I'd put a hell of a lot of time in. But what I didn't realize was, and this is one thing I really want to stress, guys, you know, whenever I look back now, if I hadn't put in all of the hours that I had learning about online marketing, I would never have been the success that I am today. So all of those hours that I put in to and all of those companies that I tried to start, well, not I didn't start many companies, actually, I only started one, which was the Work at Home Moms Network, but I had so many other ideas and I was banding things around. All of that time and effort that I put into trying making that successful actually was the reason why I was able to grow the Sculpted Vegan as fast and as big as I was able to grow it. So if you're hustling hard and you don't feel you're going anywhere, don't give up. That is the secret. If you give up, it'll never happen. I never, never, never gave up. I was trying and trying, trying to grow the Work at Home Moms Network. It really was not going well. It was just an uphill struggle. It wasn't working. It wasn't flowing. It was. I was doing these weekly videos and releasing them and it just wasn't 
flowing for me. I just didn't love it the way that I love this. Like I can sit here in my office, right? And it's a Sunday night and I came to the office to record a podcast because I love talking about this shit. I just love it. And it flows and it's not like work for me. It's just wonderful. And even though I was like, oh, I can't be arsed to go to the office on a Sunday night to record the podcast, I knew that it needed done because I have a crazy busy week this week with a new launch of the Million Dollar Mentor Program on the 21st of September. So, um, but the Work at Home Moms Network just never flowed for me. So I reached a point where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to close it because I was a yoga teacher at the time. I'd studied to become a yoga teacher and I was teaching uh, yoga privately at home and I was only doing a few sessions a week and I just thought, you know what? I, I just, I'm going to close the Work at Home Moms Network. I am just done with it. I'm going to close. I'm not going to go into online marketing. It's too much of an uphill struggle. I'm just going to be a yoga teacher. This is what I love. And so I had studied really hard and I had got my qualifications and that was great. So I closed everything online. I closed, I didn't, you know, take down my YouTube channel or anything, but I I closed my my mailing list. I closed, you know, I, I shut off all of the emails. I shut off everything and I closed down the website. And I I felt so free after it had happened. I was like, oh, finally this it just it just had been so hard for so long and I wasn't enjoying it so I felt so free whenever I closed it so I started uh, teaching yoga and I all I did was teach yoga privately at home I was I was a very very successful yoga teacher because I've been practicing yoga for a long time practicing yoga since Maya was a baby and which so I started in 2010 and so we're now talking 2014 2015 so about four or five years I've been practicing yoga pr to a pretty advanced level because I'm the kind of person as you know who pushes hard and everything that I do. So I started teaching privately at home and I got really, really successful. And I started teaching detox yoga to my clients um, because they loved it and it made them feel really good. So then I thought, oh, do you know what? There's probably a market here for this. I wonder, should I run a workshop? So the idea kind of came to me and I thought, I might run a, a workshop and, I'll, you know, I'll just put it out there and see what happens. So I, I contacted a local studio and I, I started to, um, I, I asked them, could I hire the space? And they said yes. And so I hired a space and I thought that I could probably put about 40 people into the space at £30 per hour each. And I didn't even advertise it. All I did was put it out on my social media to say that I was running this workshop. And within three days, I was fully booked. I had hit such a great pain point. I had marketed it really well. And within three days, I was fully booked and I had made 1,200 pounds in three days. That was more money that I than I had made ever running the Work at Home Moms Network. And I was like, oh my God, it was unbelievable. And there was one morning, I think Ryan was going away. Actually, I actually have it here. I'm going to read it to you. It was, it was, here we are. It was September 12th, 2015. That's when he wrote it. And I think that my first workshop um, was probably, I think it was maybe on a uh, Saturday, I think I'd booked it. Yeah, it was a Saturday. And I think it was whatever that was. I think it was maybe September 14th or something, um, a couple of days later. And Ryan was actually going away for a couple of days. He was he was away working. And he wrote this post on Facebook. Ryan has been on Facebook for many years now, but he wrote this post on Facebook. And I never, ever, ever forgot it because it touched me so deeply at the time. And whenever I was planning this podcast, I thought I went back into his Facebook to find it because I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you because sometimes it's nice to see what somebody else um says or thinks about your whatever. Sometimes it's nice to hear something from another perspective. So anyway, this is what Ryan wrote, okay? He wrote, warning, overly expressive post. 
Admitted, I'm not one who is given to false praise, and it's fair to say I'm not an overly expressive person when it comes to the bandwidth of emotions, particularly in a public forum. That said, sometimes my wife, Kim Constable, does things that so amaze me I am moved to pay public tribute without reservation. Over the last two to three years, like the relentless march of the tide, I have watched Kim convert her passion for yoga as a student into a fledgling business showing great promise for, ful for fulfillment on many levels. Kim has been unwavering in her commitment to attain her yoga teaching qualifications whilst continuing to selflessly put our family's needs above her own. Kim's dedication for self-improvement combined with the discipline required to pursue her dream is truly inspirational to me. More recently to launch Kim's Ultimate Yoga Detox Workshops, Kim has been getting up at 5am for the last month to carve out some uninterrupted time to do everything necessary to ensure her clients get the most out of their experience. I've been in some in a fair few high-performing environments in my time, but rarely have I witnessed such internal drive, such single-minded focus to achieve a goal that hasn't resulted in the diminishment of the other rules and responsibilities we all have in life. Funny things happen when you combine your passion with some hard yucca. Kim, your tireless work ethic in pursuit of your dream is a wonderful example to our children, and I'm immensely proud of what you have achieved. And you know what? Actually reading that, my voice started to break a wee bit because I was like, it's funny reading it back. It means even so much more to me now than it did at the time because at the time I didn't really even, the time I was just go, I was just focused, focus, focus, single-minded focus. But reading it back actually, you know, it's funny to read it retrospectively now with everything I've achieved. It's it's really quite beautiful. Um, and the reason why I read it to you is because I want you to ask yourself something here before we finish. And what I want you to ask yourself is, you know, how much do you want it? See this thing that you're working towards, whether it be one of my programs, maybe the butt camp and or maybe one of the other programs you're working. And I know loads of my customers listen to these podcasts, which is why I do talk very much to you guys whenever I'm I'm recording them. But whether whether it's business, a lot of you followed me for business too, or just for general life advice, whatever that thing is that you really say that you want that is important but not urgent. How much do you actually want it? Because one thing I always say is that if it's important to you, you'll find a way. And if it's not, you'll find an excuse. It's one of the greatest sayings of all time. And because there is no refuting the truth in that statement. If it's important to you, you will find a way. And if not, you will find an excuse. And I don't want you to be the kind of person who finds excuses. I want you to be honest and say, it's just not that important to me if it's not important to you. But if it is important to you and you're sacrificing a little internal part of yourself that really, really, really wants this thing, then I would love for you to go after it. One of my other favorite sayings is, nobody cares, work harder. <laughs> <laughs> which is so true if you think about it. Nobody cares. Like, quit complaining. Quit whinging. <laughs> Nobody cares. Work harder. Stop making excuses. If you find it hard to fit it all in, quit whining and do something about it. Be the resourceful human being that you are, that you were born to be. You know, and like I like I said earlier, I always get the the frequent "it's all right for you" comments on my posts. You know about how I grew my business, and I had loads of help and all this kind of stuff. Like I didn't. I worked like a Trojan day and night to have everything that I have. So be proactive in your life and planning. There are many, many ways that you can plan your life. You can plan your diary. You can plan your day, and you can be proactive in everything you want. But if you don't take life 
by the balls and be proactive in what you are trying to achieve, it's never going to happen. If you think that the, 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 the gym is going to jump out at you the next day and go, hello, I'm over here, Felicity. Come on, come on in, Felicity. It's lovely over here. It's just not going to happen. Unless you get in the car, put on your gym clothes and drive to the bloody gym, you ain't getting there, okay? And even better, if you have it scheduled for 9 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. or whatever time you can get there, even better. It's much more likely to happen if it's scheduled, right? Much more likely to happen if it is scheduled. So I know this podcast got really long and I do apologize, but I get. I hope that I've inspired you to be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. You only get one shot at this life. Only one shot, right? And you will sleep when you are dead. <laughs> That is guaranteed. You'll sleep when you're dead. See, whenever I'm tired and people go to me, oh my God, you must be so tired. I go, well, you know what? I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's what I did this weekend. I I literally have slept this whole weekend, slept and rested because I have had so many things going on in the business. My brain is wired to the moon. I cannot sleep at night. I don't get to sleep till about one. I'm usually awake at seven and I'm, you know, I'm on the Stairmaster again by eight. And so this weekend, my body just went and just, I knew that I needed a weekend of really doing nothing. And that's what I did. I took a full weekend of rest. You can't go at 100 miles an hour the whole time. You do sometimes have to rest. But you rest, you rejuvenate, and you pick yourself up and you keep going. But if you don't schedule the things into your diary the way I taught you to do them. So remember the matrix, urgent and important. A, those are your A's. Then you've got important but not urgent. Those are your B's. They're your dreams and your goals. They have to be scheduled every day. Then you've got urgent but not important. That's the phone ringing or your WhatsApp pinging. Ignore those until you've done your A's and your B's. Those are your C's. And then your D's are not urgent, not important. They're the fun stuff that you can do. You can reward yourself with after you've done your A's and your B's and your C's. Time chunk your diary. Go to the website, thesculptedvegan.com forward slash podcast. Look at this episode. I'm not sure what the number is. Look at this episode and look at how I used to time chunk my diary in 2013. And you will start to like get little steps for how you can do it yourself. But if you're proactive with your time and you have a clear vision of what it is that you want to achieve, the only way that you can feel to achieve it is by not doing the next step. That's the only way you can fail everything that you want, every goal that you want to achieve in your life is literally a next step process. The only way you can fail to achieve your goal is not to do the next step. And the next step might just be going to the store and buying a pair of running shoes. That might be the next step. Or before that, the next step might be earning the money to go to the store to buy a pair of running shoes or picking up the phone to call your friend to drive you to the store to buy a pair of running shoes. That might be your next step. There's always a next step, okay? Like my, I couldn't start the business, the Sculpted Vegan, without the uh, without the revenue. So I had to create a cash cow, which was the Yoga Talks workshops in order to pay for the Sculpted Vegan. So my next step wasn't start the Sculpted Vegan. My next step was figure out a way to pay for the Sculpted Vegan. So I had to create a cash cow to pay for the Sculpted Vegan. That was my next step. So sometimes the road is not straight. In fact, rarely is it straight. It's normally very, very, very wiggly, like a big squiggly line. And you just have to be committed to getting there. You have to schedule into your diary. You have to get your head down. You have to keep going. And and the only way you'll fail to get there is if you if you stop and maybe maybe it's good to stop like I stopped the yoga talks I stopped the work at home moms network know when to quit okay you have to know when to quit if what you're doing now isn't working quit 
Quit and find something else. Quit and find something else that is working. Don't keep hammering something that isn't working or that isn't bringing you joy or pleasure. Whenever you are living your life's purpose, whenever you're doing what you were put on this earth to do, it is not work. It does not feel like work. It does not look like work. It is pure joy. Is it hard? Yes, it's ball-bustingly hard. But is it wonderful? Yes, I love my life. I love what I do every day. I wake up every morning and I leap out of bed with passion, with zest, and with joy every single morning. And again, maybe don't leap out of bed because I can wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I need coffee. So like that's normally how I wake up in the morning, but never at any point do I think, I can't face today. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do this. Never. Well, maybe on leg day, actually. Sometimes on a Tuesday, I feel that way because I know that I'm going to get squished under a big massive um, weight in the gym. But you know, but even then, like I'm loving the fact that my body is strong enough to carry me to the gym and lift those big weights. So um, yeah. So if, you know, apply your strategies, be proactive, know where you're going. And the only way that you will fail to get there is if you don't do your next step. So I'm really sorry that this got long. I didn't actually think that this would get so long, but I really, really enjoyed recording this episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Just a little reminder to leave me a review, send me a screenshot, The Sculpted Vegan, as a DM on Instagram. You could win one of our programs. Don't forget, it's not too late to join. If you're listening to this before the 7th of September, it's not too late to join the eight-week butt camp program. However, please do me a favor. If you are going to join, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate and buy it on the 6th of September because there is a lot of planning to do. The people who get the best results in the eight-week butt camp are the ones who plan in advance. Have you have a, have a drummed it into you by now yet? Do you believe me? You need to purchase it. You need to read it three times over. You need to plan your food. You need to prep in advance. And You don't need to, but if you do, that is when you're going to be successful. So, you know, don't let yourself down. Give yourself the best possible chance of winning that 10 grand. And maybe if you're trying to grow a business or a side hustle or something else, and that's why you listen to these podcasts too, you're inspired. Maybe that 10 grand could could be your next step. Maybe that 10 grand could help you to build that business, to invest in yourself, to get that other thing that you've always wanted to do. Maybe it could help help you to get it off the ground. So I'll leave you with that thought for this week. Um, Just say thank you so much for listening. Um, it brings me great pleasure to think of you listening to these podcasts. And as you know, I love recording them. So I'm going to say bye for now. And I will see you next week for another episode of Strong and Sculpted Podcast. This is Kim Constable, your host. I love you very, very, very much. And I really do. I know it's that everyone could be like, you love me. I really do love you. I swear to God. Okay. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. <laughs>